Hi, this is Kevin Young. I'm Don Hergen. From Torture. And we would like to wish all the listeners of Pods Like Us a very Merry Christmas. Or something similar. <laughs> yeah. Happy Hanukkah. Joyous Kwanzaa. What do you say for Ramadan? Uh, radical, <laughs> radical Ramadan. Ramadan. <laughs> I don't know. Are there any more? What else? Are, what else is there? Oh, I had a whole had a whole list of las posadas. Oh, have a super Saturnalia. Yeah, see, I, I, I had a, I had a list there, and I uh, closed it, so I uh, probably should have kept it. Yeah. Oh. Ah well. Oh well. Ah well. What are you gonna do? Hello and welcome to Pods Like Us. I'm Martin Quirrell, known to my friends as Marv, and this time I'm speaking with Jeff from the Lost Christmas podcast. Hey, Jeff, thanks for being here, and I hope you're okay. I'm doing very well, thank you. Yeah, I'm super excited, and uh, I really appreciate you having me on. No problem. I've been looking forward to this, especially I want to know where you, you know, I'm going to jump to this straight away. How did you find the uh, the lost... Uh, is it the lost years of Santa Claus? How did you get hold of that book or the actual story? Sure. So that is actually my story. Um, I, I wrote it. Uh, I wrote all the okay. different stories involved. It's kind of a long, longer story, but um, uh, I, I wrote it, and uh, it's intended to to pass the story of Santa on to my to my kids and anyone else who is interested in the the story of Santa Claus, I found, uh, you know, as a child, there were so many holes. So I dug in and um, found rather than hand wavy explanations, I, I wanted to make sure there was actually answers. So <laughs> here we are. <laughs> wow. Do, do you intend on publishing it sometime? I, I am working right now to publish to publish the story. It's a it's a lot more involved than I had anticipated, um, but I I'm very excited. I've I've had a lot of feedback, a lot of interest, and um, uh, so so hopefully it will be in print before too awfully long. And I don't know what that will look like. Um, I've had I've had illustrators offer to to do a children's book version, which I think would be wonderful. Um, and then you know yeah. obviously there I. I read the summaries of, of stories on the podcast sometimes. So um, the, who knows what, what format it will take, but you know, fingers crossed, hopefully sooner than later. Well, it's de definitely going to um, supersede my favorite uh, history of Santa Claus so far, which is the L Frank Baum uh, version. I, I love that version. As do I. Cause he wrote uh, wizard of Oz and all that. And he wrote fast. He wrote the Santa Claus one as well. Yes, yeah. In fact, he was um, the, one of the first, if not the first author to name the reindeer as well. All, and there were, I think, 12 of them in the original story, which is super, super interesting also. Um, I, I, I also love The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. I love that story. It's a fantastic origin story for a hero, I think. So I'm, I'm totally right there with you. I think it's great. I'm a fan of his work anyway. So automatically, as soon as I saw that in a uh, like a thrift shop, I was walking around mm -hmm. and then I saw this this book and I just saw his name. I thought, oh, I've got to have that because number one, I love him, but I also love the the whole, you know, the whole almost magical side to Christmas. Yes. Yes, most definitely. There's there's an innate magic that's involved with Christmas time anyway. And I, I talk about that a lot on the podcast. The um, just the uncertainty, the unknown, there just seems to be something magical in the air all the time. And I, I think authors who can capture that are, um, are, are just fun to read. And there's, there's tons of good Santa Claus origin stories and great books to, to read through. So I, I try and give recommendations on the podcast when I come across something I really enjoy. So, yeah, I've really enjoyed the recommendations you've been been mentioning in your shows, you know, you'll, you'll mention like a film that you've got into or a book or something mm -hmm. that's that's something that's really nice that's been added to uh, to the original because originally you didn't used to do that and then you brought that in after so long that's right 
Yeah, I, uh, I I realized that I had this long um, kind of document of of different mediums of <laughs> of entertainment where it was just Christmas things that I enjoyed, and of course, you know, I have piles of things at the house now that <laughs> that my wife constantly insists that I. Uh, uh, I, I make sure you're not out and about. So uh, plenty of stuff to, to recommend. And there's more stuff coming out each and every year also, which is wonderful. Well, if, if you've got like space in, in, in a garage or something, you could always put Christmas things in there and then let people come and check it all out. And any money that comes from it, put that to charity, say. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'll, well, that'll, I will. That'll appease the I'll, wife. I'll, I'll I'll run I'll run turning the uh the garage into a Christmas museum by the wife and see what she says and I'll run it by the HOA who knows what our HOA would say about that <laughs> running a business out of the garage that's very true but you never know that's that's actually not a bad idea I've got more than enough stuff to make it quite a compelling area well we've all been in bands that have uh, that have practiced in garages so what's the oh, difference course. really sure yeah it's it's one nuisance or another right <laughs> so speaking of the magic magical aesthetic of Christmas. Have you got a special memory about Christmas? Uh, I, I do actually. I remember I was, um, so wow, this is taking me back. And I, I constantly come back to this memory. Um, so I, I kind of have two. One is less uh, less fulfilling and a little less uh, less wholesome, but I had the same nightmare during the day for like 10 Christmases in a row as a child. And I don't know what it is. It was just a weird like the, the exact same dream. So that's definitely magical. I'm not sure why that happened. I'm sure there's, um, my wife is a clinical therapist, so I'm sure she could tell me all sorts of things about that. Um, but as far as a positive memory, I do. I was seven years old and it was the first year that I had my own Christmas tree in my room. It was like a two and a half, three foot tall Christmas tree. And I woke up early on Christmas morning and there under my Christmas tree was a brand new Ninja Turtle. And wow. I... I loved it. I that was just the most like cool, awe-inspiring, wonderful, magical th- thing that could have ever happened, and uh, I will forever remember that. In fact, it was a uh, it was a Michelangelo um, underwater like one you would wind up and he would swim through the water. So I, I, I still remember. It. In fact, I still have it, and my my kids actually play with my Ninja Turtles now sometimes. So. Well, as they should. They're being brought up properly that way. <laughs> yeah, See, exactly. Yeah. Kep- kept some of my toys, not all of them, but I-, I kept the Ninja Turtles and they love them. So, Good parenting. That is good parenting <laughs> skills. I-, I-, I try. That's the best you can do, I think, is you can try and love your kids. That's, that's, that's it. You got to love your kids and just try to be a good parent. So, Introduce them to everything that you loved as a kid and make them into mini versions of yourself. That yeah, that's exactly right. It's much like hosting a podcast. You uh, you you love it, and you try the best you can, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. But you keep doing it anyway because you love it. So, and everybody, look at that for a really good segue from Jeff, who segued <laughs> into. So, what was the inspiration behind starting the podcast? Sure. Um. So, twenty twenty, it was COVID. Um. I worked in the, um as a, as a data scientist, machine learning engineer in the advertising and marketing space for sports and entertainment at the time. And I was looking to transition and I had a month between old job and new job. And I was like, you know what? I have always wanted to just talk about Christmas. I have this story to tell also, and I want an excuse to dig into the history of Christmas and to buy more Christmas books. <laughs> so, so I said, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And if nobody listens, that's totally okay. It's, it's more for me than anything else, just to get my thoughts out. And I, I just started it on a whim with like no equipment, just my laptop and a, uh, like just basic headphones, not even really a good mic. And it has, uh, it's grown substantially. So, um, yeah, I, I, there's obviously struggles involved with with starting any podcast. There's the the imposter syndrome. Oh, I'm not. You know, nobody wants to listen to this. And that, the biggest thing with that was uh, that wasn't who I wasn't doing it for anyone else at the point. At that point, it was just just for me. So, uh, I, if if anybody has an idea for a podcast, just start it. Doesn't have to be good. You can always go redo episodes, but just just kick it off. Just try. Never hurts. I don't think. Wow. 
that's uh, rules to live by, I think, when you're doing podcasts. I think so. Yeah, I think you can't be you can't be afraid of of failure because failure is such a subjective thing, right? So when you're talking about hosting a podcast, if your if your goal going into it is to you know turn it into a career and make money, well, that I mean that's certainly a great objective uh, for many people. That's just not that's not my objective. I think that would be incredibly difficult to do. Um, and I commend that there's lots of people who've been very successful doing that. But um, if you just have something you want to say, something you want to talk about, just do it. I mean, you never know. All you need is a couple people to, to catch on and they share your podcast with other people. And, you know, it explodes really quickly. Yeah. Just, just think to yourself that if it's something that you're interested in, there are going to be people out there in the world exactly. who are similar to you that will think, oh, I've been looking for this all this time. It, yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Don't, don't think you're the only one. And even if you are the only one, you might turn other people onto that, that same thing that you're interested in as well. So you never know. And if you're really lucky, you might have Brian Earl from Christmas past advertising you as well, which he has a few times. Brian is a lover of your show for certain, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. I've, um, so I'm very fortunate in that, um, Jerry, um, from, totally rad podcast reached out to me a little over a year ago and I jumped into the the group of Christmas podcast network the it's and it's a great great group of people there's a ton of Christmas podcasts we all help each other um offer advice and try and share each other's podcasts and uh, it's just it, I I've been I've been very fortunate that people appreciate the 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 work that I do and um there's just there's so many great podcasts. In fact, I need to I need to share some more. So at the end of this, I'm going to plug a few. If that's okay with you, I'm going to plug a few people who I think are doing a great job. That's number thirteen on the bullet list. <laughs> perfect, perfect. <laughs> Go, putting the curtain away. They're a bit like Wizard of Oz. Yeah, we're peeking ahead. Sorry about that. Hi, this is David from This Goose Is Cooked, and we would like to wish all the listeners of Pods Like Us. A very Merry Christmas. And if you're having trouble writing your Christmas cards, remember, a picture is worth a thousand words. So you, you started the show and you've explained some hurdles that you got over, which was mainly getting over the thing of, oh, am I, am I right for this sort of thing? And then uh, you had the music from the start as well. Mm-hmm. And so um, out of interest as, as a side thing, I love the new logo, by the way. I think that's brilliant. Thank you. Uh, plug to Agwe Designs. He is fantastic. Uh, I believe his uh, his podcast is Closer to Christmas. He does an excellent job. He does live drawings also on his Instagram and uh, I think on TikTok as well. Um, Got to got to give credit to him. I've been wanting a new pot, a new a new logo that was um, not just a stock image. Although I think the image that I had was very fitting for kind of the yep. style of podcast that I had. Um, but I, I really enjoyed this, and I'm I'm very grateful that that he was able to create something that I think fits the podcast really well. So where did the music come from then? Sure. So um, I have a friend who does some of the music for um, the. Michigan University of Michigan athletics program. And he does um, kind of music on the side. And I was asking him, Hey, uh, I I'm looking for music. I'm not looking to, you know, to pay a whole bunch of money, but also don't want to rip off somebody's work. So like I said, Hey, well, like where, where's their music and how do I attribute music? Um, where's their publicly available music? So I did some searching. He sent me to a couple of resources and I found, um, this, person i've never met d yankee but um they have a bunch of a bunch of their music that they put out for free just all they ask for is attribution i don't i don't do any ads on my podcast um and i I don't think that i ever will just as and so um that's their only rule is just uh, if you if you're going to use the music uh, attribute like give give them credit, which I do at the, in the, in the credits every time. So I did some searching. I found some kind of quirky music cause I'm, I'm kind of quirky. So if you listen to the music all the way through, it's, it's got some weird stuff in it, but I, I really enjoy it. And I think it fits, uh, fits the theme of the podcast pretty well too. Well, that's, you know, I've not even thought about bringing this in, but yeah, that's, that's the thing with your show is that it's produced. You've got this going on underneath as well below that. So this, it adds an almost comfortable level to it, and it's incredibly Christmassy feel. Actually, it reminds me of you know when the old specials you'd have like mm-hmm. you know probably you know Bing Crosby or somebody there 
and they would always have something in the background where they're talking. So it's like an almost, it's like a comfort blanket in a way. That's, that's how I saw it too. Now, uh, I, I will say I had some, um, some listeners who did not enjoy the background music. So I have, I have since dropped it, um, in the most recent episodes, but I miss it. I like it. Uh, so I may bring it back, uh, much to the chagrin of some of the listeners, but I'll, I'll tone down the volume a little bit, I guess, but I'm, I'm much like you. I love the, the old timey. It's like a musical blanket, I guess, like you, it makes you, makes, makes you feel good. At least it does for me. So uh, I, I love having the, the kind of uh, jazzy, symphonic yeah. sort of music yeah that's probably what it is you know it's probably just people who you know the levels maybe they might think oh i can't hear you very well because the music's mm-hmm. drowning you out to some people because as some people get older their hearing goes a bit funny doesn't it so it does yeah and you never know what someone's settings are also like on their uh, on their whether they're mixed in a certain way or something so um, I, I try and uh, I try and listen to to all the messages and respond to everybody that that sends feedback because I welcome it. I mean, I, everybody doesn't have to be super positive. I, I welcome the criticism too because you learn from it, and I've adapted a few things and changed a few things. So I'm, I try not to take things personally whenever somebody is sending their opinion on the podcast. I'll just suggest to people that if you're going to do that, highlight the positives as well at the same time. And so you just go to say to people, I like this, 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 and this, but this one just niggles me slightly. Yeah. That, that is most welcome. It is. It's always good to to have, or, or sandwich it, you know, like <laughs> start with a compliment in the middle, you add some sort of, you know, maybe a criticism or a critique and then end with another compliment. <laughs> just, just to, just to wrap it in a nice little bow. But, but uh, you know, I, like I said, I, I welcome kind of, any and all I've had angry, I've had lovely, I've had uh, uncomfortable emails. So, so I've, I've had the, the full gamut of, of messages. That's a good way to describe it that because it's almost like if, if you're going to have a burger from McDonald's, unfortunately you've got to get past the gherkin. Yes, exactly. You, you might like everything else except for the gherkin, but that's right. You know, just put that in there and then everything else is fine. That's right. You can you can eat around it <laughs> if if, that, if that's what you want to do. Yeah. So, um, first of all, had you actually finished writing the story before you started the podcast? So yes and no. Uh, I'm constantly editing, especially now as trying to get it published. There's all sorts of edits to do, and there's lots of stories that I haven't even begun to touch on in the podcast. Um, so, so yes, I had the, the entire outline and the major portion of the story, uh, the, the big key points written. Uh, I'm still, you know, fiddling with a few pieces and maybe some, some different character traits and things like that. But, um, for the most part, the, the outline is set and the, the story is, and you know, so the, the fun part about the lost years of Santa Claus is that it's a, it's kind of a living history. So it's continuing to evolve and there's the opportunity for kind of additions because it's, it's based on, you know, it's supposed to be like a living history of Santa Claus. So it's kind of a fun, fun way to look at it, I guess, is it never has to stop being written if I don't want to. But of course, like everybody else, Santa Claus changes over the years. So that will definitely, Oh boy, we could, if you, if you wanted to talk about that, we could dive into that and I can talk about the evolution of the character of Santa Claus for, for the next two years, if we if, if we wanted to, I I'm fascinated by the history and uh, just the traditions of the winter season, and then specifically Christmas, obviously. Are there any actual? Well, we're, go, we're about to go into the subject of research. Are mm-hmm. there any actual books that you think specifically are the go-to books yourself that you really love to dive into? Ooh, um, so I do have one. Right. It's actually right next to me. It's called the Encyclopedia of Christmas, and I highly recommend right. it. It is out of print, but um, there are used copies that float around. Um, uh, it was from what I've found, every used copy I've seen has been from a library, like from a library sale. So um, I highly recommend that. There's also an Atlas of Christmas that is really interesting, and it kind of highlights unique and interesting things around the world. And then as far as Santa Claus, uh, I would recommend Santa Claus, Last of the Wild Men. 
which really dives into the kind of the the historical evolution of the the character, the wintertime gift bringer and kind of the implications therein. So those are three, but I mean, I could, and if we want to talk fiction, there's also tons of fiction. That's fantastic. Okay. And I I think that's all that's within reach right now. I'd have to get up to, to, to go get, to go get a few more, but there, (laughs) there's certainly plenty that abound. You've just got me looking now online for, for an encyclopedia of Christmas. You're welcome. Yeah. I've just found You won't be disappointed. It is. It's, it's, it's a great book. It's, it really is. So what sort of research, when you are doing it, are you doing it in a specific order? So you'll have specific subjects that you're hitting on at a certain time, and then what research do you do leading up to that? Yeah, so um, so season three, this is season three that I'm currently in. Um, I call it the season of Santa. So what I've done primarily with season three is I set, a, set about, you know, and I wrote down a list of about 30 different Santa Claus and gift bringing characters from around the world. Um, so Hoteo Osho from Japan, the Vinoxman from Germany, um, the, the Reyes Magos or the wise men, just different gift bringers. And so that's what, so I start with an idea. Um, and sometimes it's ideas that people send to me, like, like the Christmas tree, the greenery, what's the history of that? Or, you know, the history of Christmas songs, things like that. So I write down, I have an ongoing list um, of uh, just a Google doc of, of ideas for episodes. And then when I have an, an idea that I decide I want to record, I do start the research. So um, I've, I've been in academia through master's and doctoral program. So I've been, I, I guess you could say fortunate enough to have done research, um, extensive research in, in academia and so uh, I kind of take some of the the tips and tricks that I've learned and I, I dig in. I like to know origins. I especially like the origin of words, where words come from, where the names come from. I find that to be really enlightening when you're talking about the history of something. And yeah, and then I just look at all kinds of sources, blogs, books, articles, um, academic publications, anything and everything I can find. Sometimes I dig deeper, you know, sometimes I spend a week or two researching something. Sometimes I spend just a couple of days. So really just depends on the topic and how, uh, how much time I decide to dedicate to it. So do you have a set structure then? And do you actually script the show? I, so I outline, I I have scripted a few episodes and they came off a little more robotic than what I wanted. Um, but, but I like to have some kind of structure. So, um, so yeah, I try and outline, I put, you know, kind of key points and, um, I, I I feel like that's, that's a good way to remember things too, is to kind of highlight, put a key point and then put, you know, like a symbol or something and make yourself recall specific information on the fly. And it seems more natural too, like, I'm like having a conversation. So I, I I try and make it seem relatively natural. Like I'm just talking to, talking, I, I was a teacher, so I feel like I'm sometimes talking to, to a class or, you know, just having a, a discussion with friends. So how do you actually decide what order you do in the, the topics on? Is it based on what you're going to hit in this story that you tell at the end? Sometimes. Um, yes. Sometimes. Yes. Uh, this season with, so this season I really wanted to dive into different Santa Claus characters in, in 2022. So that's, that's really what I'm focusing on. And there, there possibly hint, hint, uh, might be some connections to some of these, um, some of the historical Santa Claus characters, uh, around the world that come into the story and in their own way or, you know, bits and pieces. Um, but, but for season two and season one, uh, sometimes I tied it in if it, if it fit, sometimes it fit, sometimes it didn't, um, so I don't I don't make a point to do it unless it just is like a very natural like very obvious connection. Hi, this is Amy Hughes from Cool for Cats, a Squeeze podcast, and I'd like to wish all of the listeners of Pods Like Us happy holidays and especially a very merry Christmas. So, oh, here we go. We're on this bit now. So top five Christmas things to yourself. What do you, what are the top five favorite or things that you think are essential to your Christmas? Ooh. Um, 
So one, I think the, the process of decorating and yep. for some people that's, you know, a day or an afternoon or something for some people, it's an ongoing process over a couple of weeks where they you know, slowly pull things out of the shed or the attic or the basement. Um, so just the process we, my wife and I, we are, um, blessed with two lovely children. They're smart and funny and we have, we've been trying to build traditions with our kids and decorating and letting the kids contribute to, you know, putting things on the tree, putting out decorations, choosing where we put certain things. Um, I like, I like the kids having some ownership in that. So, so I would say that that decoration is, is one of them. Um, the tree is also really important to me. And, uh, I, I think just because as a kid, that was always the magic, like, to see, uh, so I'm allergic to most of the like real Christmas trees, like the spruce and okay. the cedar and stuff. So I can't, I can't have a real tree, and I never did growing up. But so we have an artificial tree. Um, I will plug Balsam Hill trees; they are fantastic. So, <laughs> um, but uh, so just setting up, you know, seeing a box and that box turning into this illuminated, magical, sort of lit and dynamic tree that it's not even really a tree anymore. It turns into like a centerpiece of the house. I, I, I absolutely love that. Um, three Christmas things, um, movies. My favorite Christmas movie is Die Hard. So, yep. and we can, we can argue all day about that. If, um, as far as animated movies, I like the old Rankin Bass movies. So give me Frosty Rudolph year without a Santa Claus, any of those. I'll watch those as well. If, uh, so yeah, so Christmas movies, Christmas tree, the process of decorating, the 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 spirit that people have. Now there are plenty of people who are dour and mean and grumpy at Christmas time, but that's a choice that people make. Uh, to me, the Christmas spirit is the hope and the the potential that that society has. That's that's how I see it. Is there's there's all this potential for people to be good and to be kind and to share with each other. And you see angel trees, you see all these food donations. You see, there's, there's so much, so much opportunity. And I wish that it existed more so around the rest of the year, but it's great to see it at Christmas time, all the generosity and the giving and caring. So I would say that Christmas spirit. And then lastly, um, sweaters and clothes. I love Christmas sweaters and clothes. I have, I know I absolutely adore your shirt. Um, I will say sadly, sadly. So I have about 30 Christmas sweaters and shirts, but only about two of them fit. Now I've uh, in the last year and a half, I've gone through a big um, weight loss. And so none of my clothes fit anymore. And the ones that do are still very baggy. So I'm, I'm in the process of um, handing those off to new owners and looking for new Christmas clothes. So next year, Next year, I'll be I'll be fully decked out. Yeah, I, I like collecting them. I um, every time I do, I do a Christmassy episode, I try and wear a different one each time. So I've got all sorts, including one of my favourites is one where it's the Grinch, and you've not uh-huh. got quite the full Merry Christmas word there because he's stealing the word Christmas. Love it, love it. My uh, my son is fascinated with the Grinch right now as well, so he would love that. That's great. So Christmas, what advice would you give to people then coming up to Christmas? You know, because we were saying before we started recording about, (laughs) we were talking about going a bit behind, pulling the curtain away even more here. So I was Mm -hmm. talking about the traffic, you know, and people are busy over Christmas and it's just some people are a bit crazy to get things over. So what sort of advice would you suggest to people? Sure. So, uh, you know, there's lots of schools of thought. I am very much, uh, of the belief of be in the moment. Don't, don't look forward to Christmas too much because then it, then you wind up looking back and wondering how you missed the Christmas season. So, um, try and try and be very present in the moment. Um, and you know, I, I, it's hard, but give people a break, you know, somebody cuts you off in traffic, you know, I understand they're maybe they're trying to get home to their kids. Maybe they're trying to get to a store before it closes. It, you, we just never know. Maybe they're running behind. Um, and economically right now, things are tough all around the world. So, you know, I think we could, we could, we could be kinder to each other. And that goes for me too. I mean, I can, uh, we can all, we can all work on that. So 
I would recommend, um, you know, keep that Christmas spirit. That's my, my personal opinion. Don't, don't be too hard on each other and then be, be present. Be very present in the moment. Yeah. What you were saying there uh, reminded me of the, I don't know if you know the quote, but to me it's a famous quote from John Lennon where he says, life is what happens while you're busy making plans. That's yeah, that's, it's so true. It is so true. And you know, our best laid plans never turn out how we hope. Right. I mean, they, they never turn out. So um, it's okay to plan things and um, to try and build traditions. And I'm learning this too, with my kids and my family, it's okay to plan things and to want these traditions. Um, but the, the quirky one-offs are the things you remember for the longest time too. You know, when things went awry, when, you know, something didn't happen or when, you know, something got spilled on something. So just remember those moments and, uh, yeah. And be forgiving with each other. It's like those magic moments when you go out with, with somebody, you know, significant or with people who are significant and you just, you're just there and you'll, you'll be in the car and you'll say, you know, we'll go wherever we feel like going. Or just, just let the moment take you. And just be together, just enjoy that time together with whoever it is, right? I mean, it could be, could be friends, could be, you know, someone you just met at a pub, could be, you know, could be significant other, could be parent, cousin, niece, nephew, whatever. Just, um, yeah, enjoy that time together. I love that. Uh, Me too. Uh, And when you said about the Christmas spirit, that reminds me of, you were talking about the, the group that you're part of, the network, the Christmas network podcast. And they keep that spirit going throughout the entire year. There is like a Christmas magic throughout. And if people are interested, these Christmas shows go on throughout the year, by the way. They're not, these podcasts are not just for Christmas. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So many of them do um, year round episodes. I I tried that, but um, perhaps when my kids are a bit older, I'll be able to do more year-round podcasting. But uh, I I stay pretty much in the Christmas season. But um, if I could shout out a couple of these guys. um, So I mentioned Jerry from the Totally Rad podcast. He is just like the best guy. Uh, Super, super great podcast. A lot of fun. He talks a lot about 80s stuff. Um, There's obviously Tiz the podcast, which is kind of the big one that a lot of people think of. And they, they... obviously for great reasons, their content is great. Their, their banter is wonderful. And, you know, there's, Oh man, uh, tinsel tunes, seasons, eatings. Um, there's the behind the bells, which is great. I, I really enjoy Robert's work on that show. He does an excellent job. Um, the, there's also the Christmas podcast podcast, which is kind of an update. He sends out an update every week about all the different Christmas podcasts. So if you want to know who to listen to, that's a great one. And he does constant updates. Um, yeah, there's there's Tim from Can't Wait for Christmas who does a great job as well. There's 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 so many, um, I, you know, dozens and dozens. There's um, Santa Matt from North Pole Radio. Check that out. That's a good one. He's 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 a professional Santa and. Um, he has a podcast and he talks about all kinds of fun stuff. So, um, so many. And if anybody ever wants to, uh, find out, just please email me or message me on, on any of the social networks, which I think is a good segue into, uh, where to, where to find me. So, um, the, the podcast is available on all the major podcast networks. Um, we've got the, Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google play podcasts, Stitcher, uh, I think I've submitted to 25 or 30 different podcast s- services just to just to make it out there. So if, if anybody, I mean, if also on social media, Lost Christmas Podcast on um, Instagram and Facebook, those are tied together. Uh, Twitter is at, at Lost Christmas P1 because apparently Twitter had a limit on the number of letters I could have in my handle. Um, but you can search Lost Christmas Podcast, and I'll come up there too. So please find me, message me. I try and be real responsive. I try to respond to everybody. Um, so yeah, uh, please reach out. Let me know what you think. And uh, please, yeah, please feel free. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, that, that was very quick. We've got to fill this out, Jeff. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that that was that was super fast. So, can I? How about I interview you a little bit about some some of your your favorites at Christmas? So, 
Um, What's your favorite Christmas movie? My favorite Christmas movie is um, probably, I don't know whether to say Elf or one that has a real special place for me is the the version of A Christmas Carol that's called Scrooge with Albert Finney. Yes. Uh, The musical. Yeah, lovely. um, I was brought up with that, so it was a thing in my family. It's one of my mum's favorite films anyway. So we used to watch it all of the time, and and now it's become a staple that we have to watch that. There must be about four or five different versions of that story that we watch each year, love including the so. Yeah, that's great. I, I man, I love a Christmas Carol. My wife and I, for since two thousand and nine, when we started dating, we've done a different version of a Christmas Carol every Christmas. So whether that's at you know a live theater production or a musical, or we saw a a one one woman show that was from Marley's perspective, which was super interesting. We didn't know it was a one woman show when we bought tickets. So, so that was quite, quite a trip. I, uh, I, I love that. Uh, that's, that's, that's great. We've seen, um, are you, uh, we've seen, are you, we, oh, I was going to say, we've seen it as a play uh, a couple of times. Mm-hmm. We've seen a couple of versions as a play. And we've also seen uh, one ballet troupe in the UK Ooh. actually made it into a ballet as well, which we saw, which was fantastic. That, yeah, that sounds great. We'll have to look into that. Mm-hmm. That's, um, so the I live in the Dallas area, Dallas, Texas, in the United States. And uh, the the Dallas theater system is pretty expensive. The Dallas art scene is su- surprisingly big for those that aren't, aren't aware. And they do a really great production of A Christmas Carol every year. Uh, and it's a big, big, huge theatrical production. The tickets sell out like months in advance and uh, highly recommended if anybody's ever in Dallas to, to check that out at Christmas time. But I absolutely, yeah, I, I love it. I, I love all the different renditions. Scrooge, uh, there's a, a new Netflix musical animated special this year and yep. that just came out, I guess, like a week ago. And I finished watching that this morning and I, I thought it was okay. It wasn't, wasn't bad. Not my favorite. I think Netflix kind of like has a stake in an animation company. Um, but I, I would, I would still check it out. The music is good. It's different, has a sort of a slightly different take on it. So I would, I would definitely recommend that. Okay. Hi, it's Zach from belated binge, Harry Potter. And I'd like to remind all the listeners of pods like us that it isn't Christmas without Hogwarts and a Harry Potter marathon. I love animation. Always have. It goes back to Rankin Bass. I was, I, I could, I could go on and on. And I, I will say, I, I like the those. Like, I think it's eighty nine, eighty five. It was one of the last, if not the last, Rankin Bass special was the Life and Adventures of Santa Claus, the stop motion. Okay, and it was made into a cartoon in the late nineties. But in the eighty five version, I really enjoyed that. And that might be my favorite Rankin Bass stop motion special of all time. Um, I, I definitely recommend that cricket on the hearth is good too. And Nestor, the long-eared Christmas donkey is one that is very controversial in some crowds. So, but I, I thought it was, I thought it's fine for a kid's movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it. So if there's something super offensive in it, I apologize in advance if somebody <laughs> watches it. Like I said, it's been 20 years probably since I've seen it all the way through. I'm glad you shouted out cricket on the hearth because I've been wanting to see that one because I've never seen it, but it is a favourite of mine. For anybody interested, um, mm-hmm. Charles Dickens didn't just write A Christmas Carol. as the, it, That wasn't his only Christmas story. Cricket and the Heart That's was right. also one of his stories. I think he did five or six of them because I've got a book full of all of his uh, – well, actually, it's a box. Yeah. It's a box with all the different stories in there in their own individual books. Yeah, I, I I was very surprised to find out that he wrote several Christmas stories, and in fact, there several of them are quite good. I mean, they're not you know not a, they don't get the quite the same play as a Christmas Carol for for good reason. I mean, it's a it's kind of a, it's become this timeless classic. But there's there's lots of good Christmas literature. Um, do you have a favorite Christmas book that you like that you return to or that you've come back to? I hate to repeat myself here, but I do read A Christmas Carol quite often, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, another, another, I'm going to do some plugging here. I've recently got uh, two books, uh, one by Beth Kempton, who does the podcast A Calm Christmas, 
-hmm. and the book is called A Calm Christmas and a Happy New Year. And that's full of all little, so that's one of those books that you can dip into for ideas. So there'll be like, there's recipes in there or there's words there to, you know, from different philosophies to actually Mm -hmm. help you to stay calm over Christmas technically and to help make your Christmas a lot easier without all the hustle bustle that everybody has. And there's all all these other things in there. I like books like that where you can just dip in and pop your hand in basically and just open it up and there's something there. Oh, that's great. Yeah. No, that's wonderful. And uh, that's very good to hear. The guys from, where have I put the book? Can I get to it? The guys from Deck the Hallmark who go through Mm -hmm. Christmas films on Hallmark, they also came came out with a book, and I can't remember the title of it. I've got it hidden behind this box, I think, somewhere. I'm not going to make a noise and look for it. (laughs) <laughs> I was I was just looking at this over the side too. Um, oh, here we go. Here's one. I don't know if you'll be able to see it, but it's a a Die Hard Christmas, and it's a kind okay. of Die Hard in the in the Night Before Christmas style. So, kind of telling the Die Hard story in in that style, which we can talk about how Clement Seymour gets credit for. Uh, the night before Christmas, but probably did not write it. Have we? I, I don't know if you've had many people discuss that, but that's a that's one of my favorite tidbits of Christmas argument that I enjoy. No, I have not. I've got some editing to do because that box just fell down. Oh, you're fine. Um, yeah, you're good. There's that book by Beth Kempton, by the way. Ah, perfect. Calm Christmas. Yep, love yep. it. I'll have to check that out. Let me write that down. I better tag her so that she knows I've given her some promotion. I will. I will too. Actually, I will. Feel free to. I'll go ahead and reach out. Um, f- funnily enough, I have actually ordered uh, Brian Earl's book that he's brought out. So he's done his podcast Christmas mm-hmm. Past for all these years, and he's he's yes. written a book now, and it's available in America. But in the UK, it okay. comes out on it comes out on the sixth of January on the in the UK. Uh, so, well, call it an epiphany book then. There we go. See, that's, it is it is disappointing when it comes out after Christmas, but it'll be a good. Um, you can say that the the three wise men or the Reyes Magos or the twelve wise men, if you're more um, Eastern Orthodox, depending on your sect, that's that's they're going to bring it to you on Epiphany Eve. It'll it'll drop in your you leave your shoe out. Leave some hay for the camels, and uh, there you go. You get a nice little gift. That's a nice idea. It's a nice idea. So an interesting one is uh, how many different philosophies and religions um, festivities are as well. So, And they'll all sort of like run in tandem almost with each other. So you get mm-hmm. Christmas for the more Christian side of people, secular for most of us. And then you've got Hanukkah and you've got all these other festivities and winter solstice that, that all seem to yep. come at the same sort of time. Do you think there's a reason for that? I, I do actually. So historically the, the winter time is the time when harvests are completed and people are stuck inside. And so storytelling is most prominent. And I, I think that plays a big role in, at least in the Northern hemisphere In the Southern hemisphere there, you, you don't see this quite as often. And there's more of the like July and August sort of um, time of year, just from a, um, just from a historical winter time perspective from what I've researched. And because of the fact that people are stuck inside and there's wind howling and there's not as much in the way of kind of outdoor activities and group gatherings, there's just this history of telling stories and exchanging and explaining the sounds and the, the terrifyingness. And so I, I, th- I think that has a lot to do with it. And um, once you reach the solstice, it's that time where the days start to get longer again after shrinking. And so, um, that's kind of like a a new year celebration in a lot of places. And so really when, when Christianity spread throughout a lot of Western Europe and then to other, other places, it, it brought with it the, the Christian real celebration was in Easter. And there were all of these, you know, they call them pagan, but just basically non-Christian celebrations around winter time. And so, uh, in order to, to appease the people that they were taking over, um, they kind of incorporated and they joined together these celebrations. And so um, you see the even Christian Christmas incorporates a lot of these historical 
oddities and interesting traditions that are rolled in. And I, I'm a I'm a person of faith, but I, I'm not going to hold my head in the sand and say that you know that that none of these traditions existed before before Christianity spread and got its influence all over the world. So there's some fascinating traditions from Egypt and Iran to Germany and the Nordic countries to the the, the new world across the pond in the Americas. There's, there's tons of traditions of celebrating the, the, the winter time, the dark and cold time. So I find it fascinating. That's, that's one of the main reasons that I would love to research this stuff is I get to find all this cool stuff and the ghost stories are fun at Christmas time too. Cause there's lots of those, lots and lots of those. Yes, absolutely. I mean, um, I remember, uh, I, I, I think, it seemed to become a really big thing. Ghost stories did. Uh, I think specific, especially in the UK, there were a lot of ghost stories that you would find in Edwardian times and Victorian times. And I think in a way, I think that was possibly because those were dark times. I mean, that's why you've got, you know, we've already mentioned it, you know, the, uh, the Charles Dickens mm-hmm. and he was writing during this sort of era as well. Most definitely. And I think, it was almost a way to sort of like, and I like the fact, I think the fact that it's during that cold time, it's almost like there were such bleak times essentially for, for a lot of people back then that I think in a sense, it gave them something to make things better. Essentially. It's a bit like yeah. I say about tele, about a lot of television is escapism in a way. So Most for this definitely. very short period of time, it gives people to gives people the chance to just forget about those things for for a few days or or however long they want to, and just it be about what's more important, which is the family and the friends and the whole joy and happiness and just enjoying each other's company, and then you come back to your problems afterwards. I I completely agree. I think. Yeah, I think there's there's a constant need in in dark and um, less less happy times for some sort of light, some sort of hope, right? A, a beacon in the night, if you will. And I, I think a lot of Christmas stories tell that they have that. Um, you know, you, no matter how bad you are, right? You look at you look at Scrooge. No matter how awful a person you are, there's you know there's an opportunity and there's a there's a beacon and you can help other people. And if you're one of the ones who's downtrodden, then there's somebody there who has the opportunity to help you too. So it kind of has a, a positive outlook all around in in some ways. Absolutely. So um, what was I going to say? So have you got any actual favorite Christmas songs? whether they be carols or songs by artist or whatever. Ooh, uh, yes. So deck the halls always gets me in the spirit. Um, uh, rocking around the Christmas tree. I, I love that one. Uh, jingle bell rock. And really honestly, anything by Sinatra and the rat pack gets, gets me, but, um, Let's go Blue Christmas by Elvis, the Elvis version specifically. Uh, and then lastly, uh, I'll go with a hymn and Hark the Herald Angels Sing is probably my favorite hymn. I'll go with that one. So those would be those would be my my five. Uh, at least if you ask me in this moment right now, if you ask me tomorrow, that might be different based on what I've heard on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Have you fallen foul to the Wham song yet? Uh, so what's funny is, I despised that song for the longest time and now I, I love it. And maybe it's because I, my five-year-old daughter loves it and she never gets the words right, but she loves to sing it nonetheless. And <laughs> so I'm, I'm here for it because she has an angelic voice in my ears. So it's a joyful noise as they call it. Uh, I'll, I'll take it. So I, I, you know, give me some George Michael at Christmas. I'll take it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's lovely now that it's uh, that all the proceeds now actually go to charity as well for that song. Yes. Yes, most definitely. It's, it's a great, and the, the movie is not, not, wasn't terrible uh, from a couple of years ago. I forget. Um, it was called last Christmas, but it was, it's not bad. I think it was two years ago. Yep. Uh, was, Amelia was Clark. Not bad. Yes. Amelia Clark. Yep. The mother of dragons herself. <laughs> That's true. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, the story behind that charity thing, I think, is that um, I, 
Am I right in thinking that when George died, himself George Michael of Wham, because it was a gift almost when when Wham finished, he gifted it so that he wrote, so he wrote, he credited it as written by himself and his colleague Andrew Ridgely from the group Wham, mm-hmm. and I think then when they uh, when when George passed away, Andrew basically said all proceeds from this from now on will go to these charities so he's basically renounced his his own his portion portion to go to charities and george's portion also goes to charity now from his estate so which is a great that's thing. wonderful it is yeah there's that christmas spirit right the, you can't be that the this just the that beacon of light there there is the possibility of people doing great things and good things for each other just because so there we go there's the christmas spirit there is <laughs> i love and it if, an, if anyone wants to know another bit of trivia it also means that in 1984 at christmas george michael essentially was at number one and number two because last christmas was held off by do they know it's christmas by band-aid on which he sang interesting okay huh full of trivia <laughs> <laughs> that that's a, that's a good that's a good one. I'll have to add that we have a we have a work Christmas trivia that we get to submit questions to that's next week. Ooh. So I'm going to steal that one. I'm going to steal so that could, one from you. You could say who's the only person to have been on the Christmas charts number one and two in the UK. So you could sort of word it around that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, love that. Yeah, that's great. There we go. That's wonderful. Anyway, you can find pods like us at. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. And you can contact me through podslikers at gmail.com. If anybody wants to, they can also find me at Patreon, where for a pound, only a pound per month, you will get bonus footage, uh, extra podcast. And I do a little show called The Quick Five Five, where in five minutes, I will tell you about five podcasts with a specific theme. Anyway, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's only a pound. It's only a pound. That's right. Just one pound. That's it. Anyway. That's that's less than a cup of coffee. It is, which I got one of while we were talking. There you go. Anyway, thank you everyone for listening and hope you listen again to another episode of Pods Like Us. And watch it to. I'm sorry. Dear me. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you very much for this. I would. I wish I could have spoken for a lot longer because when you mentioned you could talk about Santa for for hours on end, I was thinking, oh, if I had more time, I'd be very happy to speak about Santa and the history because I'm fascinated with the whole how it's changed over the years. Oh man! Well, let's let's set it up for for next year sometime. We will. We'll, you can have me on, and we can talk all things Christmas and whatever else you want to talk about. We can we can go through it. I'd love to. Next Christmas, then that's that's a, a date, as they say. I'll bring Perfect. yourself, me. I'll get older, Brian, and somebody else, and we'll just have a good hour and a half chat about the history of Santa Claus. Love it, love it. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you so much. Right, I'll press stop so that it's...